0: Yo, what's up folks, it's your boy Sports PSP. Welcome to Commander's Commanders Demand. As you all know, folks, it's a podcast in which your boy Sports PSP discusses things surrounding the Washington Commanders. Today's show, we're going to talk about a lot of things. We're going to talk about my thoughts about the Commanders' preseason game against the Cleveland Browns, what I thought about Sam Howell, what I thought about so much more, the joint practices. Of course, should the Commanders go back to the previous old name and tony dungy's tweet of eric the it's all coming down stay tuned because commander's demand starts right now you're watching commander's demand with your host sports psp exclusively on the grid network What's up, folks? It's your boy Sports PSP. Welcome to Commander's Demand. Hope everyone is enjoying a fantastic, beautiful Wednesday evening. Oh man, so much to look forward to in today's episode. But first, let's talk about the Washington Commanders preseason. Of course, the title of the episode is Preseason Week One. And what better way to start off the episode than the Commander's 17 to 15 victory? Over the Cleveland Browns. Um, it was on last Friday night. Um, I checked out Sam Powell for a little bit, folks. Now, as you know, anyone who's watched me on Commander's Demand, anyone who's watched me on YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, IG, any social media that I'm on, I've been on the record saying I just don't know about Sam Powell. I've said before that the Washington Commanders, they should at best tank the rest of the season to try to get their hands on Caleb Williams. I have said that, and I stand by that, until Sam Howell proves me otherwise. And I saw his performance against the Cleveland Browns. And you look at the numbers that he had. I mean, in the game, Sam Howell was 9 of 12 for 77 yards and one touchdown pass, um, which was the 26-yard touchdown pass he threw to Jahan Dotson in the second quarter. And then later, back up to Kobe percent ran it in for a 12-yard touchdown to give Washington a 14-2 lead. And then late in the first half, of course, he did throw one bad interception. So overall, my thoughts about Sam Howell. I thought he looked solid. He, he wasn't spectacular. He wasn't extraordinary. He was solid. I thought he looked solid as the third and six, the scramble that led to the first down. I thought he was able to show off his mobility, moving inside and outside the pocket. Um, I just didn't think the offensive line put him in the right position possible to protect them. And I'll get into the offensive line in just a second. But I thought overall, Sam Howell played particularly well. I wasn't extraordinary, but I thought he played well enough. He also had a passer rating of 119.1. Then uh, you look at Jacoby Brissett, the backup quarterback, uh, 6 of 10, 75 yards. He did have one rushing touchdown, which was like for 12 yards. Um, but he ended off the first half with an interception. I still believe that they should just go with Sam Howell for now as the starting quarterback because you did draft him in the fifth round, folks. Okay. You wanted to see how this young man is going to be, and we've already seen enough as far as Jacoby Brissett, from New England to Indiana, uh, Indianapolis to Cleveland, any other team that he's on. He's a really good backup quarterback. He'll win you a few amount of games, but that's about it. That's as far as he's going to take you, in my humble opinion. When I look at Jacoby, but when I look at Sam Howell, he reminds me in some ways, like I said, not in terms of personality, Baker Mayfield. He reminds me in ways of Baker Mayfield in terms of the size, the physique, the mobility. He's more calm. He's more poised than Baker, I think, in my opinion. I just don't think that Sam Howell is going to be the long-term solution for the Commanders. I I just don't see it. What I also liked about the Commanders was Jahan Dotson, the 26-yard touchdown pass. We talk a lot about Scary Terry, Terry McLaurin, as one of the elite wide receivers in the NFL. And I think he is a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL. No question about it. But Washington has a very underrated wide receiver duo in Terry McLaurin and also Jahan Dotson. Um, I think he's really good. I think um, that 26-yard touchdown, that route that he ran was beautiful. I I think he can definitely be great for Terry McLaurin, and I think it's an opportunity for him to shine because Terry McLaurin, he's going to have a lot more coverage. He's going to have a lot more double teams, triple teams, stuff like that. I think this is really good for Jahan Dotson, and I think this is going to help out Terry McLaurin as well, and also help out Sam Howell. And if you look at Washington, um, the running game, overall, they ran the ball solid. You know, they had 27 carries for 111 yards, uh, 4.1 yards per carry. Uh, the longest run that they had was Jacoby Brissett's 12-yard run, which was a touchdown, and Chris Rodriguez Jr. So, Washington, they ran the ball pretty well. I thought Sam Powell did a good job as far as with the decision-making. Jacoby Brissett, he played okay. But, folks, and I got to get to it, that O-line. I'm sorry, folks, but that O-line. I'm trying to be nice. I'm trying to be generous. That that O-line is not the way to go. I'm sorry. It's just not. It's just not the way to go. They're not getting... I I, I just feel like they're going to be a huge problem coming into the season. They are. They're going to be a huge problem coming into the season because we have to deal with the Eagles' defensive line, we have to deal with the Cowboys' defensive line, and we have to deal with the Giants for six times, twice against the Eagles, twice against the Cowboys, twice against the Giants, And as well as other teams. So, how is this team, how's this offensive line going to protect Sam Howell? How is this offensive line going to stand out? Because without that, uh, without that offensive line, you're asking an awful lot from Sam Howell. Sam Howell as mobile. Even though he's somewhat mobile, he's nowhere near the mobile quarterbacks like a Patrick Mahomes, a Josh Allen, a Joe Burrow, a Jalen Hurts, or Justin Herbert, any type of quarterback that you can possibly think of. And I I, I just think, man, Washington, once this season is over, they're going to have to spend a long time, a long time, addressing that O-line, because that O-line is not going to go that far. It's not. It's it's just not going to go that far. Um, I thought that sack that they gave up on Sam Howell, and then, of course, the safety in the game early in the first quarter, if you're having, uh, like, as Herm Edwards once said, they matter but they don't count regarding the preseason. They matter, but they don't count. If they don't find a way to correct these problems, you're asking an awful lot of trouble for the commanders. And everyone knows it because everyone knows that O-line is not that great or doesn't stand out. So once the season is over, they're going to have to make some serious adjustments to the O-line. Because you're going to ask an awful lot from Sam Howell to escape inside the outside the pocket and mind you he's not the most athletic quarterback in the world it's also going to compromise our offensive line and you're also going to put Sam Howell in harm's way so washington eric the enemy this offense they're going to have to figure out a way to help out Sam Howell they're going to have to draw up something Just in order for him to survive. Because if he takes that type of punishment against those types of defenses. Man. And even though Sam Howell is listed at 6'1", 225-ish. Still. You're asking a lot from Sam Howell. You're putting him in harm's way. And I don't think you should do that. If you are the Commanders. Um, as far as with the defense, I think our defense looks solid. Even though there were a couple of plays I felt that we could have gotten some sacks on Deshaun Watson, like one of them on Chase Young. Emmanuel Forbes did step up on the first drive, and then a couple of plays later, Montez Sweat. As I've been saying, folks, we keep talking about Chase Young, Montez Sweat. Montez, Montez Sweat is coming off from what he did last season. And I believe he's going to have a big year heading into 2023. I think this is going to be the year that he's going to have double digit sacks. As for Chase Young, you know, it was good. I'm glad to see him back on the football field. Only time will tell with, with Sam, uh, with Chase Young. Only time will tell with Chase Young. Percy Butler stepped up and he played well, got that big interception that he returned for 42 yards. I thought our defense played exceptional. They only allowed 13 points. So that defense played good enough just in order for Washington to get a win. A win is a win. Um... So yeah, just like I said right here, as I said, folks, my thoughts, Sam Howell looks sharp, Washington's old line still work in progress, but our defense, we have excellent potential. We have potential to be really good. We have potential to be an elite defense, maybe a top 10 defense in the NFL, in my opinion. Because I think when we have our defensive line healthy with Young, with Sweat, with Deron Payne, with Jonathan Allen, we can do some things. Now, the linebackers, that's going to be a concern. And But our, but, but our cornerbacks with Cam Curl, now with Emmanuel Forbes, we have some potential. We have excellent potential for this defense to be top 10 in the NFL. Now our offensive line. Lo- uh, now our offense, on the other hand, still iffy, be- still iffy, shaky because of the offensive line. But our defense, we have potential to be a top ten defense, a legit defense. We have a legit defense to actually compete for a playoff spot. You can talk about Philly's defense, sure. You can talk about Dallas Cowboys' defense, sure. New York Giants defense, sure. But Washington's defense is good enough to compete. So that's how I look at it. Um, I also want to talk about the joint practices. You know, um, there was video of the Baltimore Ravens going up against the Washington Commanders. There was the video of Emmanuel Forbes getting to a fight. It was also another video of Mark Andrews, the tight end of the Baltimore Ravens, one of the best tight ends in the NFL. Body slam, Danny Johnson, I think, the name of the Washington player. Look, I'm not going to spend too much time on joint practices. All I'm going to say is this. um, It, it, it happens. It, it's natural. Not that we condone. Not that we advocate violence or anything like that, but I've seen this countless times. We saw what happened with Travis Kelsey at training camp, and we saw the situation with Trayvon Diggs and Dak Prescott. We've seen brawls happen at training camps. We've seen brawls happen at joint practices. So that is not a surprise to me at all. It's natural, not to say that I condone or advocate violence, but when you play a highly competitive sport like football, for an example, something's going to happen, and there's going to be a brawl. So I'm not going to spend that much time on it. I don't really think it's that much of a big deal. In my opinion, maybe if you're a Commanders fan, you could look at the intensity you could look at the brawls and you and you can ask yourself this question: is this going to elevate or increase Washington's competitive level? Could this actually help them? Who knows? But overall, I don't really think it's that big of a deal. In my opinion. Now, I gotta talk about. Something regarding the Washington Commanders. As we all know, folks, last week, Ron Rivera <clears throat> got into some controversy for admitting that some players of the Commanders were a little too concerned or worried about Eric Bieniemy's intensity. Now, Ron Rivera did later t- took back his words and admitted, I stuck my foot in my mouth. I don't know if he actually said that, but it was somewhere around that ballpark. I'm paraphrasing. Guess who came to the defense of one Eric Bienni, the current offensive coordinator of the Washington Commanders? And it goes to none other than Tony Dungy, current analyst on NBC Sports, former head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, later on the Indianapolis Colts, known for being the first black first black or african american head coach to win a super bowl. <clears throat> and this is what Eric uh, I'm sorry, Tony Dungy tweeted about Eric Bieniemy. Did the Commanders do any research on Bieniemy before they hired him? Did they talk to? uh, This is what Tony Dungy tweeted, putting Ron Rivera and company on blast. Did they talk to any Chiefs or Vikings players or coaches? He didn't just suddenly become an intense and demanding coach. That's been his M.O. forever, and it's been successful. It shouldn't be a surprise. That is what one Tony Dungy had to say about Eric enemy. and I think Eric the enemy has gotten too much of a bad rap and I feel like people whether in the media or the public or around the NFL make up ridiculous excuses to say see this is not see this is a reason why he can't be qualified or suited to be a head coach on the NFL level. And I feel like for Tony Dungy to use his platform to speak and come to the defense of Eric Bienemy was um, meaningful. Because Tony Dungy, he understands the plight. He understands the same road Eric Bienemy is going through as far as becoming a blackhead coach. Tony carries Tony Dungy's word. His uh, carries a lot of weight. He's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, so Tony knows where Eric Bieniemy is coming from, and he understands the plight, the struggle, what black men have to go through on the NFL level to become head coaches. And if you hear former or cor- or current players about Eric Bieniemy, they love EB. They rave about EB. Go look at Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, you know, Jamal Charles, Tyreek Hill, McCole Hardman. Countless players who played with Eric Bienemy during their time with him have said nothing but good things. The only person that was critical of Eric Bienemy was uh LaShawn McCoy. And I I feel like for Tony Dungy, like I said, I was very happy that he used his platform and used it in a positive manner because I felt like Eric Biennemi has been getting way too much criticism that I feel like he doesn't deserve. And But that's also on Ron Rivera. I I think Ron Rivera should have kept that behind closed doors. If there was a problem with the players about Eric Biennemi, you have a private conversation with them. And then talk it out with Eric B and me and go from there. By you airing it out to the public, I mean, it's just embarrassing. It's just really embarrassing. And I mean, if you're Ron Rivera, you're the head coach. Why would you put yourself in that situation? Really, why would you put yourself in that type of situation by airing that out to the public and the media? You're giving us a reason for us to talk about it. That should never happened. Should have never happened in the first place. But the fact that it happened. We have to talk about it. Ron Rivera. Like I said. Lacked self-awareness. And I think he should have been more careful. With what he had to say. So I hope he learned a lesson. In all of this. Um. As for Eric Bieniemy, just continue doing the job that you're supposed to do. Um, people like myself have applauded you for you being the head uh, offensive coordinator for the Commanders. Even though I love having you on the Commanders as an offensive coordinator, I feel like you should be a head coach on the NFL level because I think you are more than qualified to be a head coach, given your resume, your credentials. And look, we got to stop whether if he called plays or not. That's never been said with Matt Nagy, Doug Peterson, or any other coach around Andy Reid. And Andy Reid has said nothing but great things about Eric Bianami as well. So I'm glad that Tony Dungy came to his defense. Ron Rivera should have kept his mouth shut. He should have never aired that out to the public. By you airing it out to the public, you just made the situation much worse. So um, that's all I got to say about that. Then my expectations, folks. My expectations for Washington versus Baltimore, because I mentioned before Washington and Baltimore with the jointed practices. Um, There's going to be a Monday night football game between the Baltimore Ravens and the Washington Washington Commanders at Washington, I think. It's going to be on ESPN. What are my expectations in that game? Can the offensive line get any better to protect Sam Howell? Can Sam Howell improve his play? Now, I believe in this game he's going to struggle. Because he's going up against a good Ravens defense. So I expect Sam Howell to slip or decline just a little bit. Because even though he's in his second year, it's really his first year as a starter. So he's going to go through some ups and downs. And it's going to be at um, Washington on Monday Night Football. So I believe Sam Howell is going to struggle. As far as what Washington's defense going to do against Lamar Jackson, I do believe that they're going to put some pressure on Lamar. I do believe um, Emmanuel Forbes, the secondary, they're going to be getting on the Ravens wide receivers just a little bit. They're going to, tr- you're going to be a little bit chirpy, a little chippy. They're going to c- compete. That's what I see the commander's defense, particularly their secondary doing. And I do believe that Washington's D-line is going to give Lamar some problems. Even though Lamar is athletic, but you're going to have to deal with De'Ron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Young, and Sweat. So they're going to put some pressure on him. What I also expect is that Jacoby Persec is going to play a little bit better. That's what I also expect. And I also expect some of the other rookies or other unsung heroes to step up as well, because this is going to be an opportunity. Remember, 53 man roster. So, who is going to stay and who is going to go? This is an opportunity for guys who have a chance to make that 53 man roster. This is an opportunity for you, especially a nationally televised game, for you to maintain. An opportunity. Also, the type of players that I want to be interested in seeing is um, Jartavius Martin, um, also Percy Butler Jr., and um, also with some special teams with the Commanders. So I'm interested in seeing that. And I'm also interested in seeing some of our running backs, particularly Chris Rodriguez Jr. out of Kentucky. So I want to see what type of performance is he going to have. And I don't know what's going to happen in terms of the score. I think Baltimore will probably win this one. But I do expect Sam Howell to struggle. Again, if he proves me wrong, I will admit that. But I just think that the Ravens defense is going to be a little too much for Sam Howell. And um, last topic before I wrap up the show, folks. Um... I've talked about this a couple of weeks ago on the show, and I got to bring this up back again. Uh, The Native American group is demanding the commanders to bring back the old name, which is called Redskins. Um, I'm reading an article from the New York Post by Miles Shansker. Hope I'm pronouncing the last name right. It says here, a group called the Native American Guardians Association, NAGA, is demanding the Washington commanders change their name back to the Redskins. Organizing support for the name reversal with a petition that has gained more than 90,000 signatures. And this is what the petition says. We invite all Americans to stand up for the dignity of every American under assault in today's increasingly non nonsensical culture wars. This quote line in the sand movement reinforces undeniable history of the Native American assisting the founding of America with Native American principles used by the founding fathers in the U.S. Constitution and every American's right to the 1st and 14th Amendment and not to be targets of cancel culture or ESG. So, the Native American Guardians Association, the petition, over 90,000 signatures. I'm going to say this and I'm going to say this again and I hope this is going to be the last time I'm going to say this, but I find that hard to believe. Should Washington go back to being the old name? My answer is no. I don't care. Regardless that if it's 90,000 signatures that uh, that want the name to be changed, and regardless if there are those Who are in the Native American community. That do not find the name offensive. I'm still worried about those who do find the name offensive. And I'm reading a little bit here. From a column from Mike Freeman. From USA Today Sports. I'm reading a statement in his column from Echo Hawk, who is the founder and executive director of Alumni Native and was also among several Native groups and people at the forefront fighting to change the racist nickname. Of course, it was changed back in 2020 and the new name was selected after that. Let me read you a statement from Echo Hawk. It has come to our attention that the new owners of the Washington Commanders have been referring to the team with their old name, old team name. Let us, uh, um, this is a statement from Echo Hawk obtained by USA Today Sports. It, um, the statement continues. Let us be very clear. The R word is the equivalent to the N word for Native Americans. The term is a racial slur that is deeply offensive and derogatory towards our peoples. It is extremely disheartening and, quite frankly, exhausting that we continue to have these conversations about Native mascots. When time and time again, Native peoples have made it clear that these mascots are racist and offensive. And it's not just Native people speaking out against this. The hashtag change the name movement in 2020 had millions of supporters this is certainly emblematic of a larger issue of ignorance in this country and we hope to use this moment as an educational opportunity with the washington commanders team and the sports world more broadly native mascots do not honor our people they dehumanize us objectify our culture and have been scientifically proven to lower self-esteem among Native youth. There is no world in which the use of the R word is not harmful, and the majority of Native youth under 34 do not believe that names like this honor Native people. We look forward to this next chapter of leadership for the, for the Washington commanders and hope that they don't ignore the decades of work led by Native activists, to get the name removed in the first place. This is an an opportunity for Josh Harris, Magic Johnson, and the rest of the ownership group to take the team's commitment to end systematic racism to heart and bring the team back to the, quote, glory days without perpetuating harm towards Native peoples. So that is a statement from Echo Hawk. Now, look, there are going to be some Native Americans that do not feel the same way as Echo Hawk feels in that statement I just read. There are going to be those that do not find the name offensive, and they'll probably look at it in a different way. They'll probably look at it as a badge of honor or a term of endearment. There's going to be a lot of Native Americans who do not find the name offensive. But I'm more worried about those who are. And if I'm Washington, if I'm Josh Harris, and if I'm Magic Johnson, if I bring back the old name with the logo, it's going to be a distraction. It's going to be a continuous distraction and controversy. So if I'm Josh Harris or Magic Johnson, like I said, Come up with a different nickname. If you feel like you don't want to keep the name Commanders, fine. If you want to find a way to move on from the previous ownership, which was Dan Snyder, fine. Do that. However, to bring back the old name, no. It's going to cause a problem. I mean, it's going to cause some problems with the Native American community and for those who do find the name offensive so to me I think it's best that you should look into different options come up with other ideas for a new name and a new logo as well as other things for the commanders and for native uh, and for those who do, do not find the name offensive fine But I don't think they should bring back the old name. That's all I got to say. But anyway, folks, that concludes the rest of Commander's Demand. Next episode will be on next Wednesday night, 9 p.m. specific, only on The Grid Network. To follow me, folks, you know where to follow me, Sports PSP. Please go like and subscribe to my YouTube channel as well as my Instagram, Sports PSP as well as my TikTok Sports PSP3. Fellas, everyone, thank y'all for hopping on, checking on the podcast. Please enjoy the rest of your Wednesday evening. Um, Enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy some football. And as usual, folks, God bless. Este es el mejor momento para preparar tu hogar para las fiestas y recibir a los invitados porque en The Home Depot encuentras ahorros de hasta 40% en baños seleccionados por internet además de entrega gratis en todos los tocadores y grifos por internet deja tu casa lista para esas visitas esperadas familia, amigos, vecinos y las inesperadas deja tu baño listo para las fiestas con ahorros de hasta 40% en tocadores y grifos en The Home Depot haces más logras más